This is unstructured. All right, everybody, welcome back. Today we're going to lighten things up here. We have Larry Roberts. Larry is with the Readily Random podcast. He's a voiceover artist. He's also a multi-level black belt in Kempo Karate, so if I annoy him, I'm fortunately on the other end of uh, the internet. <laughs> but Larry's just a really fun guy. I don't know if he's a comedian, but he surely is funny. Well, that's fair enough. I'll take that. I, you know, I, what I won't take is the comedian name. I, I can't have, I haven't earned that. That's for sure. So, you know, I've got a little bit of stage time, but I'm definitely not a quote unquote comedian. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you have um, a masterful one minute on Kill Tony. <laughs> I don't know if it's masterful, but yes, I fulfilled a lifelong dream, not lifelong, a year long dream of uh, appearing <laughs> on Kill Tony, which is uh, to me, it's a great podcast. It's, it's, laid back it's very uh open format kind of but yet structured at the same time but you know as you know i'm sure you've listened to kill tony based on our previous conversations you mm -hmm. get 60 seconds if you're lucky enough to get your name pulled from the hat you get to go up on stage and do your best material and uh <laughs> i got up there and you know me and a friend of mine who is a comedian he he's blowing up he's great jamie gravy is the, the moniker he goes by he just recently opened for eddie griffin in Chicago. So he's, uh, right. he's, he's stepping it up. Um, he used to be my, my co-host on my original podcast, but, um, where was I going with that? I lost my, my train of thought. I gave too many shout outs. Anyways, you get to do one minute. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going through and I was doing, uh, we were prepping for like two weeks cause we knew kill Tony was coming to town and man, we were sitting here, we had our joke books out and we're taking notes and we're writing and go, Hey man, what about this? Hey man, what about, Oh no, I wouldn't say that. Maybe, maybe this. Okay. Yeah. But they weren't clean sets. You know, they were they were adult humor sets, right? Uh, but they were one minute. So, I mean, how can offensive can you be in one minute? But we weren't really going for offensive. It was just, you know, blunt. But I'm sitting there and I'm nervous as I'll get out. And another friend of mine that we all went, we went in a group, he got called up first. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is scary. And he got up there and he just just got destroyed. Tony and, and Brian Redband just destroyed him. And that scared the, the, the life out of me. And so a few names went and I'm thinking, okay, maybe I'll get out of this and I can just go, Oh, well, it sucks. They didn't call my name. You know, I had a lot of good material, <laughs> but I just didn't get called up, but no, it didn't work that way. What worked was they called my name and man, I sat there. I, oh, I just sat there and sat there and then they called my name again. Like go dude. So, I'm like, okay. So I get up and I go to the stage and I just go into a different universe of I'm standing in front of a packed house of people at a comedy club that I don't know my comedic genius over here. Who's whose rantings. I love Tony Hinchcliffe and <laughs> his producer, Brian Redband. They're to the left of me. What am I going to do? And I just started going, it, it just it <laughs> stuff started coming out. You know, it just, I started saying things and all those jokes that I did. I don't know the two or three that I, I spit out. If you call them jokes, they were right. They were just off the cuff. They were not planned in any way, shape, fashion, or form. It just came out that way. It's so weird. Did you remember what you said after? Or was it like it literally happened so fast you were like lost your mind? Well, then it happened so fast. And then, of course, they, they roasted me for like 10 minutes, you know. So there was so much banter going back and forth that they just they, they were just hammering me. And really the only thing I remember right now, even then, I think, was the whole pasta growing in your belly and you got stretch marks that look like roadmaps if you after you eat I don't know it was something stupid but 
but it was, it, was, it was a lot of fun, man. I watched it. They didn't really roast you. They were chatting with you. Your presence was excellent. Was and, it? Yeah, and both of them actually commented um, that you had the authenticity down. Well, see, you I just needed some material to go with it. Yeah, it just was. It was authentic because I had no idea what I said. It was very authentic. <laughs> no, but when you were talking to them, yeah, you're right. very, very, very comfortable in your own skin. You, you present yourself very well. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. It's definitely noticeable. Well, it hadn't got me back on t- Kill Tony, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't they go to Dallas again? They did, and I didn't make it. Well, actually, I could have gone, but my voice was like this. I couldn't even hardly talk. And mm. I was trying to do it. I was trying to read a book for, for a client. Uh, and I was trying to do my podcast. I couldn't even do my shows. My voice was just toast and uh, they were here and I just, I couldn't go. I mean, I could have gone, but then I'd just sit there and kick rocks cause I couldn't go up on stage. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Now you, um, from my understand your voice got blown out because you're doing voiceover work on a video game. <laughs> That's right. I did blow my voice out and it damaged it a lot more than what I expected, man. Um, I, I, uh, golly, I can't even think of the name of the, of the game now. It's a, it was an expansion pack for a game and I will tell you the name so you can put it in the show notes, but okay. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but, uh, I did some work for hamster ball studios. They're located down in Austin and Randall Ryan, he is a private coach of mine for voiceover work. And he mm. also gets me auditions and throws some jobs my way on a rare occasion, uh, without auditioning. And this happened to be one of those. And it was a Mad Max kind of role where I was like one of the crazy warrior type post-apocalyptic and everything I had to say. Don't was, do it now. It was, well, I'm not <laughs> going to. No, not a chance. But it was just so gruff and so loud. And he wanted me to stand back. And I, I literally like yelled it at the top of my lungs. And I, I mean, I could feel, the, you know, my, my vocal cords going, dude, what are you doing? But, uh, you know, it was a paid gig. So what are you going to do? You got to do it. So, I mean, I'm still trying to think of the day with the game. Uh, I, don't, I don't even play the game and I haven't even heard myself on the game, to be honest with you. So. So what other voiceover gigs have you done? Just local stuff. I do a lot of announcing uh, at some of the local slash regional fight promotions. Um, hmm. But nothing of any note, to be honest with you. You know, I, I did the voiceover gig back when I was, man, I'll say in my mid 20s. Um, I had always thought voiceover was a really cool deal. Right. And it was something that I wanted to get involved with. And mm-hmm. it was even early to mid twenties. Cause I can remember my girlfriend at the time, uh, who did not ever become my wife and thankfully, and, um, <laughs> we took it together. So we went to a, a local acting school here in Dallas and we went through the program together. And back then the, the game has changed so much now, but back then I can remember this instructor specifically saying, if you're going to get into active voiceover work you literally have to wait for one of the existing voiceover artists to die and i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) so needless to say that kind of yanked the rug out from under my feet right and and said no you can still do it you can still get on radio shows and this and that and i said man i can do that without having voiceover right you know so um i backed off from it for a while and then i you know I, i got heavily involved in uh my fight career, you know, I did some fighting back in the, uh, the, the late nineties, uh, even early two thousands. And, mm-hmm. um, then I picked it up again three or four years ago and it's totally different now. And I ended up making some connections with some folks that are, that are actually on games like world of Warcraft. Um, and Very I, cool. yeah, you tell me about it. I was like, Oh my God, you, you did this old Jen's voice. Oh my God. You know, cause I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a wow nerd. You know, I've been playing wow since launch and I still play today. 
but uh, it's just, it's a cool industry, very niche industry. And it's just one of those that you really, really, really need to give a hundred percent of your time to. And uh, it's very difficult if you can't do that just because a lot of voiceover is networking. It's just getting out oh, there sure. and it's that way with everything, but oh, yeah. the voiceover industry is so niche that it's extremely critical that you go mm-hmm. to every luncheon, that you go to every convention, that you go to every conference and they know your voice and they help you hone your voice. And you take this course and that course and there's workshops that run you 500 bucks every time you turn around. Right. And it came and to it- a point where my wife was like, dude, no more. <laughs> No, you're not doing it no more. <laughs> so yeah, that's a funny thing because I feel like um, some of those fields, those workshops are almost like your payment for entry. Like, like it, they're mandatory. You take them to stay in the crowd because you've got to run with your peers all the time. One hundred percent, I agree with that. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory fashion. It's just it's what the industry is. Is what it amounts to. Um, and, and that goes back to what I was saying about the networking. You just, you have to be there shaking hands, uh, making yourself known. Cause you know, you can have a cat daddy demo and you can start throwing it out to places and you can even get you an agent and maybe land a gig or two, but it's sure. still not going to put you in the in crowd. And just like yeah. you said, you have to buy your way in, in all honesty. And it's, it's pretty much that way with anything, but voiceover is, is definitely one of those where you definitely need to buy your way in on a consistent basis. Speaking of um, games, by the way, one of my previous guests, Dustin Cubit, is a game developer, programmer. Okay. He worked on, oh, I feel bad. What's the biggest Microsoft game? Um, age of age of something. Uh, shooter game. Shooter game. Uh, golly, you got me. Well, it's Activision, and it's like their main title. Call of Duty? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he yeah, worked on yeah. that. Oh, wow. Nice. Okay. So he's somebody you may want to interview later. Yeah, I very well may because Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is coming out here shortly. So <laughs> not that I watch it or anything, you know, watch out for it. <laughs> um, now, leading back to the um, question of blue material in one minute. Okay. You had a previous podcast that was going pretty well, correct? I did have a previous podcast. And if you found an episode online, congratulations, because... I went to every effort to delete it from the interwebs completely. Um, I don't know if I missed one, but <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, the previous podcast was called Accidentally the Whole Tip, and I'll let you run with the innuendo there. And uh, <laughs> it, it went for roughly, I'll say 130 episodes is about how far it went. And we took it to uh, internet radio as well as podcasting. And the difference there is it's actually a radio station that's located mm-hmm. online. And we uh, had a weekly show there as well. And then before we uh, we pulled the plug, uh, it was actually a live show. We took it to a club here locally and we were doing the podcast live on stage uh, for the studio audience. Mm. That was a lot of fun, too. That was that was a blast. Scary, but a blast. Yeah, but it's cool. I mean, oh, yeah, it was was totally energy, energy you can feed off of. Well, see, and, and our inspiration for the live show really 100% went back to Kill Tony. You know, mm. we, we didn't pull names out of the hat or anything like that, but it was just being on stage, doing some crowd work and recording it as an episode of the podcast as well. We had our topics that we were covering, uh, any kind of uh, gigs or, or, or bits that we had planned out. We would do that as well. And uh, it, we'd be up there for a couple hours and just have a good time with it. 
Now, did you um, have to shut it down because of your day job or? I did have to shut it down because of my day job. And, you know, everybody goes, Larry, they can't force you to shut it down. And I understand that they can't force us to do it, but they can strongly recommend that you do it, you know? And um, I had a new manager that came into the department and now I reported to him and uh, I was all, everything that I did revolved around my podcast. I had materials at at my desk and honestly, before he showed up, it was fine. Even our HR manager for the region, for the whole Texas temperature division, uh, she was cool with it. She loved it. She listened to it. We couldn't tell anybody, but she did, but she did. Right. <laughs> so, but anyway, for, for a sake of a better relationship with my direct report, I, uh, I made the decision to pull the plug. So, and this spawned into readily random or it was readily random already, um, in gestation. Well, readily random has been around since the MySpace days. And now not as a podcast, but the name readily random is something that I used all the way back then. And it was just a printed blog, or let me even rephrase that. It was an attempt at a blog. Um, back then I was so scattered and I had so much going on that I just couldn't find the time to write a blog and I had it and there were probably three or four entries, maybe five. I don't know. Uh, but I didn't do it as consistently as I, I needed to, especially back then because blogs were the thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I was sitting here trying to come up with a new name for a new formatted podcast, one that would be acceptable to all and, and one that I could still have fun with, too, because, I mean, that's kind of critical to me is, is if I'm not having fun, I don't want to do it. And that's even, you know, I'm, I'm an analyst at work and I analyze business processes and even some numbers and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it's just not a good time. <laughs> but uh, somehow I managed to make that fun. And some people take offense to that, but that's okay. Uh, So I had to come up with a podcast that I could have a good time with, talk to interesting and new people, and maybe even help a few folks. So, you know, Readily Random, uh, it definitely lives up to the name in that I have a wide variety of guests. Um, Anything from a homeschool mom to a recovered drug addict to Joe Navarro, who is ex-FBI agent. Uh, I don't say ex, he's retired FBI agent that literally saved the Western world in the 80s because he is the premier body language specialist on the planet. And uh. he tracked a guy's story so phenomenal. Uh, I recommend you listen to the episode if you, if you haven't heard it because it is so mind-boggling that he did something so cool. And it took him 10 years to track this guy down in the 80s. And he, wow. he got on the case just by accident and based on the guy, and I say by accident because he wasn't originally supposed to uh, interview this potential suspect, right? But the guy mm-hmm. that was supposed to do it couldn't make it. So they sent Joe out and said, hey, Joe, will you go interview this guy? So he interviews the guy and he asks him one particular question. And when he asked that question, you know, this was back in the 80s when hanging cigarettes out your mouth was a cool look, you know? And right. he said that uh, when I asked that question, I saw that cigarette just, flicker just the slightest little flicker and he said i knew i had something on him i knew i triggered something in him and he tracked Hmm. this guy for 10 years and eventually busted him right on the verge of selling secrets to the soviets that would have literally destroyed our country at the time wow yeah phenomenal story phenomenal guy and you know i wouldn't have the opportunity to interview that guy or even get to meet him in any way shape fashion or form if it wasn't for the readily random podcast and uh, I, I love it. I love what I'm doing. And uh, I think some people have been helped by it. 
Uh, I've had a couple of recovered drug addicts. I, I have a, a girl, Twyla Atwell, that is, is a good friend of mine now. Um, she's getting ready to be released. She has a, I'll say a fun story. She, you know, she was kind of struck out on the, on the dope as they like to call it. And, uh, they went to arrest her. They stuck her in the car and she managed to get out of her shackles or handcuffs and she stole the car. (laughs) (laughs) So she stole the cop car they're chasing her cop car to cop car. So needless to say, she did a little time, but, uh, yeah, nothing like, uh, making a bad situation worse right right oh you know <laughs> oh this it's will like, be great they'll never find me i'll take this cop car what was she on drugs well as a matter of uh, fact i hope so <laughs> <laughs> i hope so so but she's a great lady i mean she's a young lady she started an organization called fdat efdat called everyone fight drug addiction today and it's rocking and rolling. Uh, I help her out with her media sometimes. I do a little, uh, some event posters for her and that sort of thing to get the message out. She sent me a phenomenal F that t-shirt. And so I've made a nice connection there as well. And, you know, that's one of the things that I like to do with my guests is try to maintain a connection, not just go, all right, well, thanks for 30 minutes of your time. See you later. Bye. But to actually establish a rapport and, and build a relationship with everybody that's been on my show. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a few that I have not managed to do that, but, the vast majority I have, you know, but you're not going to bat a thousand anytime. So I'm fine. <laughs> right. And it's probably no ill will. It's just, yeah, it's just different paths, different. just different paths. And so, right. I have no will. Ill against, I'm, I, all my guests were great. I have no problem with any of them whatsoever, but like I say, it's just, sometimes you don't have the opportunity to stay as connected as you would. Sure. Especially, especially if they're really moving or they're really busy or tied into a lot of other things. It's like, yeah, if they saw you, they'd probably greet you warmly. Sure, but sure. it just only so many hours. Well, you know, it's time. it's funny because probably one of my most awkward podcasts. I love origami, and I've been an origami guy, you know, off off and on for as far back as I can remember. Even one of the first gifts that my wife and I exchanged we for Valentine's Day, right? Uh, we decided to craft our own gifts because we thought that'd be fun. And yeah. uh, here you're going to take my man card, but I folded her a dozen tulips in origami put the stems on put it in a heart-shaped vase and all this kind of cheesy stuff and she still has it today though right so but i love origami so i reached out and i found an mit professor that is he's considered one of the experts on the planet he's even done ted talks uh for his origami mastership uh he came on and talked to me about the science and the math behind his his origami and some of the patterns that he's created are some of the most complex patterns that any origami artist has ever folded. And even some of the, the, the Japanese origami grandmasters have passed down traditional historical foldings to this guy. And he wow. is phenomenal at what he does, but I haven't talked to him since. Hmm. I mean, what are we going to talk about? He's an MIT you know, <laughs> professor, sure, and, sure. you know, and he's, 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 he's developing equations for folding, you know, for thousands and thousands of folds of origami right. in one project. And so that goes a little bit beyond my mental capacity. <laughs> I totally can understand that. <laughs> totally. So, but it's just great, man. And like I say, hopefully there's a message out there that I'm, I'm delivering to somebody and hopefully I've helped at least one or two people along the way. So so how did you get into um, podcasting initially and, and how did you go about it? Okay. Well, podcasting is for me an offshoot of voiceover. So I was doing the voiceover stuff, as I mentioned before. And um, it, I was, it, as with anything, and I think you and I spoke about it on our episode when you were on my show, 
is uh, it's a money sink event, you know, at, at right out of the gate. You've got to just go money, 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 uh, like opening a restaurant or anything else you had mentioned before that mm-hmm. you're just about guaranteed to lose money your first two years. And I was just dumping money into it and it was very difficult to get some footing. Um, so I said, you know what? And I listened to Joe Rogan back then, hardcore. I was a big Joe Rogan fan. I uh, still am. Uh, and a couple of other podcasts that are what they call their death squad uh, group. There's several podcasts that are in that click and pretty much anything death squad I listened to at the time, which involved kill Tony as well. And uh, sure. I thought, man, I, that's what I want to do. I want to do some podcasting because, and I probably shouldn't say this cause I'm, I've got a clean 100. My podcast is 100% clean. Um, mm. Meaning there's very rarely even an H word or a D word on there. You know what I mean? Um, right. But I tend to talk a little differently. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the, the, I, I don't shy away from certain words that some folks do. And, you know, I'm, I've been known to drop a bomb here or there, you know, a little F-bomb action. <laughs> and it's, it's gotten me in trouble more than once. And, you know, at work, I've been, Larry, sh- Larry, don't, Larry, Larry, that's too loud. Don't say it that loud. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and I've gotten in trouble when I was a kid. Uh, I've, I've recently wrote a book and I throw a little story in there about me as a, in second grade, I got in trouble for talking and I try to avoid getting in real trouble. The teacher sent a note home to my parents. Right. But mm-hmm. uh, it was for talking. That's all it was for. Uh, but I did that all the time. So I was already in trouble. Right. So I take the letter home and it was in a, one of those yellow manila envelopes and uh i ended up instead of having mom sign it i wrote my name on the outside of the envelope and it's <laughs> it's second grade penmanship right so it's all jagged <laughs> and uh, larry roberts so i take it back and i give it to my teacher yeah i, I showed it to her here she signed it la 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 she's like larry why is it in your name i'm like uh because she thought it was for me i guess i don't know well it looks pretty rough there Larry. ah uh, she was sick you know so um, needless to say, we were in the principal's office shortly thereafter, and I was probably in more trouble than I would have been just getting the letter signed. Um, but my point in all that is that I love to talk, and there's not much uh, of of a, of a governor on on what I say or, or what I talk <laughs> about. So I thought, man, you know what? I hear these guys saying all these outlandish things on Kill Tony, on Joey Diaz, the, the church of what's happening now, on Joe Rogan's show. There's just mm-hmm. no filter, Right. And even as a kid coming up, some of my favorite comedians were Sam Kinison, Andrew Dice Clay, Robin Williams, and even believe it or not, Howie Mandel. He wasn't exactly the cleanest comedian in his in his stand up days. Uh, he had a crazy act that was phenomenal. And uh, I was like, man, I'm just going to follow in these guys' footsteps, you know. And this is an opportunity to do it. A podcast, it's whatever you want it to be. You can say what you want to say as long as you're willing to take the heat for it, you know. And um, I made sure that even in my accidentally the whole tip days that we never did anything offensive other than say bad right. words. We, you know, we never attacked any kind of social groups or we never had any right. bias towards a political group or we never did anything along those lines whatsoever. We just didn't censor our verbiage is, is all it amounts to. And that's plenty to offend a lot uh, to offend a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So well, you made the jokes on yourself. Oh yeah. De- Oops still got me gonna do the edit yep, that. Yep. sorry 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 uh yeah that's exactly what i mean are the jokes of, of what we were saying ourselves and we would we would joke towards each other we would insult each other right. you know we had people on that were i mean we had porn stars come on uh, on uh, you know often and we would talk porn star to talk with those folks you may not want that on your show <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but that's the kind I, I that's the kind of guests that we had we just had fun 
uh, crazy, wild, outlandish guests that were also uncensored and unfiltered. So that's all it sure. was. It was just a lot of fun. And, and it was all a comedious, uh, comedian bit, per se. You know, if you know what a bit mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah. it's, it, that's all it was. So what do you um, do now as an outlet? Um, since you do censor yourself on your show, do you go on other shows like Sarge Approved or something and kind of <laughs> get it vicariously? They've got two shout outs, one from your show, one from mine. There you go. Yeah, they're going to love it. And I love them. You know, Sarge Approved, that's a great little podcast. I say little, man. They get some some really big names on their show. Uh, and I think you guys share it. Daniel Bellelli, I think, was on uh, or Daniele Bellelli was on their show, I think, twice at least and uh, on your show as well. So. Uh, you both have some similar interests, but yes, when I go on Sarge Approved, I do not filter myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I get a little outlandish, but it's, it's nothing like the accidentally the whole tip days. Um, I, I say some of it, but they they know they they miss the tip. They were big fans of accidentally the whole tip, and and they, they keep bringing it back. Larry, when are you going to bring the tip back? When are you going to bring it back? <laughs> I'm like, man, I just can't. I just can't do it. You know, it's it's just a it's a political nightmare. You can't tell your boss. No, that was another Larry Roberts. Have you looked? There's hundreds of Larry Roberts in this country. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but that sounded like you. I mean, I don't know, but. <laughs> uh, what? It's just, just another Texan. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just another Texan. That's hilarious because I try my best not to sound Texan. Do I, do I fail miserably? No, not miserably, but I can hear it. Oh, okay. Uh, where are you from? Uh, originally, I'm from Arizona. Okay. All right. So that's kind of a, that's a very just straight English type state, right? I mean, there's not a lot of accent yeah. in Arizona. Yeah. It's almost perfectly continental. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. Cause even Midwestern has a bit of a flat tone, right? Arizona is pretty American, I guess. Are you yeah. trying to say Texan American there, boy? Oh, it wasn't. <laughs> Texas was its own country at one point. Some people in Texas didn't take offense to that. That's all I can yeah, tell whatever. you. No, you know, there's even like, and it's never going to get any traction. At least I don't think it would. Secession, you know, it's, it's a it's a red state. And they're like, oh, we're going to get out of here. This is ridiculous. We need our guns. And no, they got another one going in the Northwest with uh, Seattle and Oregon. Oh, really? And they want, Yeah, yeah. There's different points. And there's an argument to be made that maybe we are seven countries that are just jammed together. I would not debate that. I, 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 could, I could definitely, if I could see the lines of those proposed seven countries, um, I could definitely relate, I'm sure, to the vast majority of those selections. Uh, we are so vastly different here in America, in different regions of America. And, you know, one of the things that has always fascinated me about social media is social media tends to paint Americans the exact same, whether they're in New York or whether they're in California. It's just Americans. Americans think this, Americans do that, and Americans, Americans. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it, it's like you try to, the internet is very good at taking a massive area and consolidating it down into what you would think is about a 10 mile radius. Sure. I mean, take the, take sure. the, uh, take the, the volcano right now uh, in Hawaii if you look at social media and you see the videos, you think that Hawaii is about to just go under. It's going to get drowned by lava. And it's granted the situation is dire in certain areas. But it's mm-hmm. if you take it from an actual uh, area of where it's at in comparison to the whole island, it's a little bitty corner over here on the island, you know. And I feel mm-hmm. sorry for everybody in that region. I'm not saying I'm not trying to be dismissive of the facts. I'm just using it as an example as to how social media paints 
one little thing as if it encompasses the whole country. Well, I think you're about my age, right? I'm 45. I'm 47. Okay. So yeah, yeah, same thing. So we grew up in the uh, do not talk to strangers days. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a rash. I mean, really, when we grew up in the 70s, we're probably the high point for child kidnapping and murder. Yeah. But we also were running free. Yeah. All day. All day. I would disappear at dawn and come back, you know, when the lights come on. So I, I think that this is a similar phenom- phenomenon. It's a tough word. Everybody knows what I said. <laughs> I'm not going to keep that one up. Um, the news got everybody so worried about the kidnappings and things. And while they are horrible, the odds of it happening to any child in this country were, you know, far less than winning the lottery. Right. I mean, it, it's very, 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 very rare. Right. But we've changed all of society into this overprotective where um, we have terms like free range kids. I'm like, what? They get, kids, to, right? what? they get to leave the yard. Is that what you're saying? Or what, what are they, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Stranger things. It, it's, I think it's so cool to watch that because it's so nostalgic for me. I'm like, yeah, you go ride the bike. Yeah. Be home by dinner. Exactly. Exactly. Weekends. <laughs> you're not going to see me during the summer or the weekends, except when it's time to eat. Or if I get hurt some for some reason, you know, <laughs> I fell off my bike and I got something falling off or something, you know? <laughs> right. And now we have kids who don't get driver's licenses because they don't care. Dude, I know. And, you know, just in stark contrast there, my brother's five years younger than me and he didn't have a driver's license till his early twenties. I, I, you see, I can't, can't even imagine. I can't either. Driver's license is freedom. Your car was like your portable house yes. because you could get away. It's it's really you know it's your private it's your private space because you could get yes. in your car and you know I grew up in a in an area where we had a massive lake very very close by you know I'm talking about like five miles away so uh, I lived on the border of Texas and Oklahoma and there's a big lake called Lake Texoma that's up there and it's I think it's one of the it's either the second or even first largest man-made lake there is. And uh, the Denison Dam is a tourist attraction. It's a massive dam that's there. And I live right down the street. You know, I say right down the street. I live five, ten minutes away. And uh, I would get in my car. and We'd go out to the lake. And there's no telling where we would end up. We're in some cove somewhere. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? But we're just out there. We're by ourselves. And we're not under anybody's rule of thumb. There's nothing. It's just a chill spot. You know what I mean? Sure. And kids today, they don't appreciate I won't say they don't appreciate it. They don't even know what they're missing. Right. So they, don't have that they can't not appreciate it. Yeah. I, I don't know where it's all going to go. Um, what would you recommend for people to do, let's say, if they want to start a podcast? But don't tell us the whole book. We'll talk about your book. And I don't <laughs> want you to reveal the whole book. People need to buy the book. But. You know, my biggest thing about starting a podcast is don't hesitate to do it. And don't be so equipment reliant. Don't think you have to go out and buy a $400 microphone. Don't think you need a mixer and a limiter gate and uh, a, a decibel meter and fancy software to edit your podcast. You don't need any of that. You don't need any of it at all. And this is my personal opinion now. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. This is my take on podcasting. And honestly, my take on podcasting is is quite different than most. If you go out and you Google how to start a podcast, you're going to mm-hmm. get basically the exact opposite information. But there's a reason for that. And the reason is those guys, they have, that's, that's their living. They make a living sure. by selling podcasting equipment and, and uh, podcast courses and 
I'm not going to say I'll never have a podcast course because actually I'm doing a luncheon tomorrow to teach folks how to <laughs> podcast. So, um, and it, it's really, it's going to be a, basically an introduction to me and my services and what I do for podcasters. So, uh, and of course it's going to be promoting my book, but Excellent. honestly, I mean, if you have a cell phone, you can do a podcast. It's, it's really that easy. Uh, there's going to be a voice notes or a voice memos, uh, application on your phone. I think, uh, with, with, uh, Apple it's voice memos. And I know there's a notes, uh, application or a voice notes application on Android. I can't remember what the name of it is off the top of my head. Um, I jumped ship on Android a few years ago, but, uh, it, it's just that easy. You know, I, I think the voice notes application on an iPhone uh, can go up to like almost four hours. And if you're talking for four hours, you are saying too much. <laughs> have you heard of anchor.fm anchor.fm and i can see their icon i can yes but i've never played with it at all well that essentially um is a new method they offer both the hosting and the recording through the iphone and it's 100 percent free holy shnikes i will need to and research distribute that. yeah because um you, people can listen to it on Anchor itself, or they can actually hear it on iTunes two days later. I think it takes two days for them to go all the other services. Really? But it's free. So they take the phone, use Anchor, record it right then. And that may be something that you could suggest to people in your book. Oh, man, I'll definitely look into that. And if I need to, I might need to make a revision to my newly printed book. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's only been in paperback for a couple of weeks now, so I might need to go back and do a version two how the world's moving fast it does man it really really does so uh and i wrote the book fast so um but no that's great and that, that's that's my biggest thing don't get hung up on on the technology of it don't get hung up on well how do i get my mp3 to a from a wave file and then how do i pro propagate that out to the end or what it's mm -hmm. you don't have to do all that man all you got to do is record it get it in mp3 format which is easy there's a ton of converters there's converter apps there's it's it's cake and convert it, upload it. And I even say, and here's where a lot of folks will disagree with me. I look at a podcast as media, whether it's audio, whether it's video, whether it's both, it doesn't matter to me. It's media. And it's an opportunity for you to get your message and your brand or your whatever it is out there for the masses to hear. And in doing that, I'm not opposed to using YouTube as an outlet for my quote unquote podcast. Now it's, it's, it's not going to blow up on YouTube and a lot of people are going to go, no, that's not what YouTube's for. It's for media. It's for video. Well, yeah, but it doesn't have to be. There are plenty of other podcasts out there that just have their logo sitting there on the screen and, sure. and, and the, and the, uh, the, the episode runs with their logo on the screen. So uh, you could do that just as easily. And it's also for free and it gives you an opportunity to, Kind of tweak your product, you know, tweak your podcast, get used to talking into a mic, get used to hearing yourself, get used to sitting here in your office and talking to yourself while staring at the wall, knowing your wife probably has her ear to the door making fun of you. You know, that's a, <laughs> that's tough. That's a tough call. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and I still struggle with solo podcasts. I, I do a couple or I've done a couple, uh, but man, to do a solo cast, that's a tough gig. That's a tough, tough gig. Yeah, it's hard. Hard as hell. Daniele Bellelli does that for like two hour shots. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a Monday morning podcast. Bill Burr. He has a, he's a comedian and uh, yep. he, he has his Monday morning podcast and he does the same thing. Comes on and just 
rants like nobody can rant and sometimes it's funny sometimes it's just drudgery uh but that's how that's what a podcast is you know sometimes it's uh, he's one of my favorites to be honest with you but he's a solo cast and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard to relate you know he could be talking about hockey or or one of his other interests that i'm like what (laughs) but that's what's great about it you expand your horizons you know what's funny and i'm curious to get your opinion on this because i've really follow um, comedians around, you know, like Kill Tony and other things. Sure. I actually enjoy, for example, Burt Kreischer's podcast when he's talking to people better than Burt on stage. I, I can I, see that. I've, I don't know what it is, but I kind of feel like the, um, maybe I'm just wired into the podcasting, but when they're just chilling and talking with each other and it's dynamic I think I like it better than the actual polished routine that they, you know, release. Well, no, and that's, that's one of the things too, that that's one of the reasons I say, just start a podcast with your freaking phone because it's just relaxed. It's not overly polished. It's not overly uh, 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 produced. You're going to have some mistakes in there. You're going to have a car drive by, or you're going to have your phone ring. I was on a podcast yesterday. I think it was the square peg round hole podcast. And actually I used it for my episode. Uh, this week and my, my eye watch goes off, you know, right in the middle of the episode, but we left it in. We didn't, yeah, we didn't, uh, we didn't edit it out because it's just a natural flow. It's just a conversation. It's all part of it. And that's what I love about podcast is the natural just flow of the conversation or flow of the topic matter. And I think that's one of the reasons too, that makes Joe so successful in the podcast arena is he just talks He's brilliant. Oh, he is. He's phenomenal. He's phenomenal at what he does. The, the fact he could talk to anybody, you know, from a highest level scientist all the way down and he holds his own. A hundred percent. That I can't imagine for three hour pops. Yeah. Just, uh, I'm like, man, come on, Joe, wrap this one up, bro. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, he's taken me down a lot of rabbit holes over the years. And oh, yeah. I went, oh, really? Like the, recently he had Tim Kennedy on talking about uh, hunting Hitler. And I'm like, wow, I have seen commercials for the show, but I never watched it. But to hear Tim Kennedy, who's the host of the show, talk about it, I'm like, I'm in. Hmm. So I went out and found it, and the wife and I are going to binge it this week while we're on vacation. So uh, it looks really, really cool. But I wouldn't know about these things if it weren't for podcasts. Well, that's awesome. And I guess I should let you be getting back to your vacation. And where can people find you? Hey, man, just like you told my audience, you can find me just about anywhere on every platform as far as podcasting goes from iTunes to Google Play to Stitcher to Spotify. I'm rubbing that in a little bit. Rub that in. (laughs) (laughs) And on Facebook, you can find me uh, readily random, facebook.com slash readily random. I'm on Instagram at readily random. Readily random is the theme. And you can find me anywhere under any of those monikers or any of those usernames. So check it out. You can also find me on Larry Roberts. Uh, I think my uh, you, uh, my Facebook, I was going to say Hotmail. Y'all want to send me a Hotmail? You can <laughs> my, my, my Facebook is Larry N. Roberts. So you can find me there as well. So I'm pretty easy guy to find. Well, awesome, dude. It was great talking to Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it very much. If you don't mind, let me plug my book real quick. Oh, please. Oh, man. man. My book just came out in paperback, as I mentioned, two weeks ago. And uh, it's called One Plus One Equals Podcast, Simplifying the Equation of Podcasting Success. And I go into a little more in-depth to some of the topics that we scratched over here on this episode, uh, how you can start a podcast and expand your footprint in your industry, as well as establish more brand awareness. 
And there's a Kindle version too. There right? is a Kindle version. Yes, it's out there. It's been out there for where are we at? We're in May. The Kindle version has been out there for about two months. Came out of the, uh, yeah, I bought, maybe six weeks. I bought that one. Thank you. I appreciate the support. That's very awesome. I really do. So. And I encourage everybody, really do buy it. And check out Readily Random. I mean, he does a fantastic job interviewing, as you hear here. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I always appreciate kind words, and I always appreciate the support. So uh, thanks for having me on. And I look forward to establishing a long-term relationship between you and I as well. Thanks again. All right, man. Take care. Hey, everyone. Eric here. I want to thank you again so much for listening. I know your time is valuable, so I really appreciate you taking some. If you like what you hear, please spread the word. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Unstructured P, as in podcast. Also, you can review the podcast in whichever app you use. It really helps a bunch to spread the word. Thanks again. Yeah.